Okay, so roadkill. <laughs> this took a turn already. Yeah, um, it's a thing in Tallahassee, right? Yeah, like, I and mean, it's a thing. Is everywhere. it? A th I was about to say, whoa, so, whoa. It's a thing everywhere, but I feel like different regions have different kinds of roadkill. Okay, that so, makes like, sense. So, like, in South Florida, we get toads everywhere. Okay. I remember growing up all the time and just seeing flattened toads on the road okay. constantly. In Tallahassee, squirrels and armadillos. Correct. Right? Okay. Yeah. So that's that's standard fare. You'll occasionally see the raccoon, the possum. The deer. Very occasionally yeah. the deer in Tallahassee, but, like... Saw a gator oh, once. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Ohio. Okay. You drive through western Ohio... Deer every thirty feet. Oh, okay. Um, constantly. Yeah, in Tallahassee, that's much more rare. And it's I've like not it. really in Tallahassee, but it's, like outside, yeah, right? Yeah. I saw the weirdest roadkill of all time. Okay. Where I, were you? I was in front of my apartment. Oh. So on Blairstone Road. Okay. Between Appalachie and Park. In Tallahassee. Yeah, across the street from that gas station. Yes. A beaver. A beaver? A beaver. Where had he come from? I don't know. And I've been trying to figure it out for weeks. I have no idea where this beaver came from. I even looked up, like, what is the natural habitat <laughs> of the North American beaver. It does stretch into northern Florida, which I did not know. Yeah, like but a pond. where did pond? it come from? Where's water near your apartment? So there's, like, a little creek uh -huh. in the woods next to my apartment. Yes. And I guess Yeah. that's it, but it's, like... I don't think it's a natural creek. I think it's like a, like I a. I guess he just found his way there. This has the makings of a very sad children's book. Right, the beaver who couldn't cross the road. Yeah, that's good. episode 153 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I am frozen to the bone. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. What is it that they were calling this winter storm that had a very fun name? The Bomb Cyclone? Bomb Cyclone. That seemed so unnecessary. Right? I mean, I know that it was terrible yes. weather. Don't um, get me wrong. And like all everywhere, the everywhere. entire East Coast, it got below freezing in Tallahassee. It snowed in it Tallahassee and Thomasville. Snowed, guys. It was amazing. It was amazing. Like truly magical. Like I have seen snow on the ground when mm -hmm. in my travels. Yep. But I have never gotten to see snow falling. And I've certainly never gotten to see snow falling in my home, like right. at my home. And it, like, how long did it last in Thomasville? Like hours. That's so cool. Yeah, it was very exciting, like um, two or three hours. Because it snowed in Tallahassee too. Yeah. Um, I think it was a little icier than it was in Thomasville. I think my so that parents th that thirty-five miles made a big difference. Yeah, because my parents didn't get anything but kind of more like sleet, I guess. Yeah. And theirs did not stick to the ground. Right. Now they're in a different part of Tallahassee. Right. right. And ours stuck to the ground for. An hour. Yeah. Um, and then it melted. Yeah. And then it was ice. Yeah. And my entire car was frozen. It's so exciting. And people, our listeners who are from <laughs> places where it snows are like, they think we're ridiculous. Stop. Yeah. Um, but we're from Florida. It's a big deal. It doesn't snow here. I was driving around, like, first of all, it, my house truly looked magical. Mm -hmm. The bookshop looked 
amazing. My dad called and was like, that just needs to be, like, the bookshelf social media picture. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you knew those words. <laughs> That's adorable. I love it so much. Um, that picture got the most shares, likes that we have ever had. Because it was great. So Jordan took that picture yeah. because I didn't know how long the snow was going to last. And he was already ready for work. And I said, on your way out, please Can go take please? a picture yeah. of the bookshelf. So he did. Um, Good but work, I Jordan. was, yeah, I was driving around Thomasville. And, like, even the ugly things looked pretty. And I understand that up north the snow melts and, like, it, it looks gross. It gross and yeah. terrible. But let me tell you something. Here it just looked like a winter wonderland for, like, half a day. Yeah. And it was glorious. Now, the issue with it was I was trying to drive to St. Augustine that day. Oh. And I-10 was closed. Yes. We don't know how to drive on. Yeah, because apparently a bunch of people skidded off the road yeah. because it froze. Ice. And so we had to take weird back roads <laughs> to St. Augustine. Well, to I-75 that got us onto I-10 uh-huh. where it was reopened in Lake City. Driving those weird back roads, though, all the trees were frozen. And so it was like oh. all these pine trees with their branches hanging low. The funniest ones were the palm trees, though. Oh, yeah. Because they were all just, like, crumpled yeah. down with, like, one little guy sticking up Did at the top. Did you take pictures? No, I was driving. Oh, well, right. Um, I suppose you had to be safe. I did have to be safe. Um, anyway. Very exciting times. I don't know how people do things in the winter. <laughs> I talked about this with somebody a couple weeks ago. Like, how do businesses open? How do businesses get shipments? Oh, I how have How do you go and buy things at the store yeah. that you need? I have no idea how... Winter does not destroy the world. I have really thought about, I guess, because we were very slow, right? We, I mean, we are consistently slower in the in yeah. the January, February months. It's fine. It's pretty normal. Yeah. But, like, we don't have to close because it snows. Or, like, there are businesses that have to close be- or send their employees home early right. because nobody can get home. Or Right. Well, and when I got to St. Augustine, several restaurants were closed because it was... In the 30s. And I was like, guys. Excuse me. No. <laughs> that it's is not, ridiculous. It's not frozen. It did not snow no. here. You're just kind of cold. Yeah. And like, I understand that because there have been times when I get frustrated that other places in the world get snow days and like it will be a torrential, dangerous downpour right. in our area and like business as usual. Mm-hmm. We're just supposed to keep going about our business. So I understand the principle, St. Augustine, but 30 but degrees. But also. Like, Put on your put on your long like, underwear. It wasn't even below freezing. It was like thirty eight. Right. And I'm like, no. No. It was very that's frustrating. But the rest of the trip was great. Uh, Getting there, not so much. Well, that's understandable. Yeah. So here we are. Here we are. New year, two thousand eighteen. Twenty eighteen, full of hope. And change. Yes, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm also very ready for it. I think I can't really. I know some people had personally really good years. 2017 was rough for me. Yeah. Personally, and then I, I just think the world was kind of difficult to navigate in 2017. It is. Um, everything's a minefield, right? Yeah. Um, and I know it doesn't automatically change with the turn no, of a calendar page. of course not. But there is something about a clean slate that I really love. Like, I even love, I think I posted about this to Instagram, I love keeping my Christmas tree up through at least to Epiphany. Mm-hmm. And that's partly because, hooray, we're, we're Anglican now. But also, <laughs> it's because um, I like my Christmas tree. Yeah. And we travel a lot, and so there's no, not really time to take it down until the 6th of January. Um, but when it's down, 
I know a lot of people find that depressing and sad, but I actually really find it, like, cathartic and, yeah. like, no, my house is clean yeah. and kind of empty looking now because the big massive tree is gone. Right. And so there is something about, like, a clean space, a new calendar page that really does fill me with, like, serious joy. I get it. And I think... I like the idea that, like, turning the calendar page and getting a new start is this totally arbitrary thing. Mm -hmm. Like, January 1st does not have magical power to make you do things differently. But we all just kind of socially agree that that's the time and that's what it is. And it has that power because we've agreed to think that way. Because we all, like, group think Um, it. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson might disagree, Uh, um, which, fine. What doesn't he disagree with? I don't know. I hate him. <laughs> unpopular opinion. Maybe not anymore. I think people are catching up people, to that finally. I think people, I was going to say, you've had that unpopular opinion for a while, and now it's popular. And now it's popular, and thank God. Um, but anyway, um, new year. New year, new resolutions. resolutions. Look, and I make personal resolutions, but this is a book podcast, essentially, yeah. so... Let's talk about our reading, reading. resolutions. Yeah. Volume four. That's right, because we've made these every year. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about whether or not I met my goal last year. Yeah. And so we resolved last year Mm -hmm. to do several different things. Yeah. I think one of my resolutions was to read something for myself once a month. Did you do that? Um, Not once a month. And I think in the back half of the year, I just stopped reading for myself because I had to read for the classes I was teaching. I had to read for my dissertation, and I was just like, I don't have time. Life happened. Right. Um, It was a lot. But I think up until about... Maybe September, I, yeah. I was. Um, and it was very good. I read some very good books in that time. The last quarter of the year, to me, is kind of a wash, honestly. Because yeah. um, I feel like I do really well with my resolutions until about October. Yeah. Um, one of my... Which is pretty good. Yeah, right? Like, that's 10 Honestly, months. that's great. Um, my personal reading resolution last year was to read 100 books. Mm-hmm. Most people, I think, who, like, follow me on social media or who know me in real life know that I got to 90. And I think that's phenomenal. I'm okay with it. Like, it's It's so good. Um, We'll talk in an unpopular opinions about my thoughts on tracking my reading and having a quantity goal. Um, I will just say, I like tracking my reading. Mm -hmm. This year, there will be no quantity goal. No quantity goal. No. I I got to 90. I'm satisfied with that. I don't need to do that again. (laughs) So if you'd like to hear us talk... About why. In greater depth about... Why Annie's not going to be tracking her quantity yeah. anymore, and about just the idea of tracking your reading in general, yeah. you can um, subscribe to us on Patreon. Yes. And once a month, we have this extra podcast called Unpopular Opinions, where we talk about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think I've got some unpopular opinions about tracking your reading, but I'm glad I set that goal for myself, and I know now that for me as a reader, quantity goals are not going to enhance my reading experience. Yeah. I think they do for some people. Yep. Truly. Um, and but not you. No. And not me. No. And um, we have talked before, Kate, who works at the bookshelf, she read, I don't even know her end number, but it was like A over lot. 200. Yeah. That's incredible. I don't know how. I don't, yeah, I don't either. I do think she's a fast reader. Um, and she's different. She's no longer teaching. Right. Um, she's but just, she's still writing her dissertation. Yeah. And I'm just like, how? How do you do anything but that? <laughs> yeah. Um, she probably, she must manage her time really yeah. well. and good for her. Yes. I'm really bad at managing my time. Yeah. I, well, and I think I just, I don't know, I, 
I discovered about myself in 2017 that quantity is good and it helped me, especially the last part of the year when I was trying desperately to get to 100, it helped me read outside my genre. Like yeah. I read two middle reader books, yeah. I read a lot of YA to try to up my quantity and I'm happy about that because I read some really great books I would not have read otherwise. I just don't need to do it again. Yeah. And so this year, yeah. what are you thinking? You're not going to track your reading with quantity. I'm not. Um, we can call that a resolution. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. And some people have asked, am I going to track my reading on Instagram? Because that was one of my resolutions right. last year was to track it publicly somewhere. Annie Breads 2017. I know. My brother made such fun of that hashtag. But I explained I had to do Annie B. Reads because there's another Annie out there. Like, I'm not the only Annie. So I had to do Annie Breads. Annie Breads. Annie Breads. Maybe I'll make bread this year instead yeah. but use the same hashtag. Um, no, I think I am going to track my books on Instagram because I think it's a fun way to interact mm -hmm. with people and kind of say whether or not I liked a book. I don't know that I'm going to do star ratings. Mm -hmm. um, I think instead what I would really like to do is post like a picture of my the book I finished to Instagram but then have one quote from the book that represents the book. That's really good. Because then I think it would make me read purposefully, like trying to find like the thesis statement of the book a little yeah. bit, or like trying to find like that profound moment where I loved the book, like that quote that made me love the book right. more, or made me hate the book mm -hmm. more. Um, so I think I am going to track my reading publicly on Instagram, still not going to do Goodreads, I just, it's not even about the Amazon issues, it's, I just can't. I don't like the service, like I, I don't like how it looks, I don't yeah. like how it works. I just can't keep up with one yeah. more thing, truthfully. So I'm going to still do it on Instagram, but I think I would really like to purposely read this year, and um, my only real reading goal is to read four business books. Okay. Yeah. And I've already picked out three of the four, at least. Um, I already know the books I want to read. Basically, one business book a quarter to help me be a better boss, and um, I hope to run my business better. Yeah. So I don't do a lot of that genre reading at all. And I've gotten a couple recommendations, and I really want to do that this year. So I'm going to track my reading. I am not going to keep track of quantity, and I am going to read four business books. I think that's great. Yeah. What about you? Um, I would like to continue what I started last year to try to read one novel a month. Okay. Um, that is totally doable for me, mm -hmm. especially this semester where I'm teaching two classes that I've taught twice before each. Okay, so you're so familiar with that I'm content. I'm familiar with the material. I don't need to reread any of it. I yeah. can just kind of skim it before class and I'll be fine. Yeah. I do need to write this dissertation this year. Right. Is the thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that. Um, I do need to write that. I need. To, I do need to write a book this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that could be a goal. Is the thing. That's a resolution. Um, but also just, especially if I'm going to be making shelf subscription picks. Yes. I would at least like to be able to read those. Yes. Um, because... I think two of the picks that I had last year, I didn't actually get to read. Yeah. Um, I recommended them based on review. Yeah. Um, which I think is okay. Sure, I you don't can think get that's, everything. I don't think that's the worst thing, um, especially in the back part of the year. Yeah. But I actually have read my January pick, and I'm so excited about Good. it. Good. It it's, makes a difference. It makes such a difference. My, I will be honest, my December pick, December was a crap December was a weird thing for all of us. Yeah, it was a crap month for publishing. Yeah. Sorry, but it, it was. was. Um, and I think that's typical. I think that now I understand why major publications put out their best of because there's nothing, there's yep. nothing really at the end of the year. Yep. There's nothing 
literary fiction. Right. It's more cookbooks right. and gift books. Exactly. And those are fine, but their price point is too high yep. for a shelf subscription. Exactly. So I picked a book that I stand by, but I had only read half of it when I when I put it in yeah. a shelf subscription box because I was like, oh, I like this book enough to recommend it. But right. But now, like, my January pick, I've read, I'm excited about, right. like, right. December was just a weird... December was weird, month. and I think also what happened with our shelf subscriptions is we initially picked all our books too early, and then their yeah. pub dates changed. Yes. And so I got... Yeah. Basically, you had to rearrange I got basically screwed out of like three months of my books yeah. that I had chosen and had to like pick something else last minute. Yeah. Which made me so mad. Now we know pub dates change quite a bit. They do. Yeah. And we had never, I mean, we paid attention to it some for sure. like on sale dates, but like when we're promising customers yes. something weeks yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. Ugh, oh, that made such a difference. And I'm still mad that I didn't get to send out Manhattan Beach. Yeah. That was the one that I had picked for October. You had picked, and you, November. we did pick those months ago. That's right. I picked that one for November, and then it released, it released in early October. Yeah. And I was like, no! <laughs> yeah. Ugh, I was so mad about that. Anyway. So you're going to read one novel. I'm going to try to read one novel a month. Okay. Um, so I haven't picked what I'm going to read in January yet. And maybe not novel, maybe novel or memoir. Just something outside, outside your required of my, exactly, exactly, something outside of middle English romance. And I think setting a... Okay, I just said setting a quantity goal is bad. But but, but setting a quantity goal of one, yeah. Yeah, I think, is fine. It's different from other. <laughs> I just feel like when you are... I really do believe that if, if you're specific with your goals, yeah. they're more achievable. Right. And I... Man, in my ideal life, I have so much more time to read. Right. Like... One novel a month to me is so small. Right. That's not very much, and I would love to read more. Mm -hmm. I'm not at a place in my life where I where I can. Yeah. Um, and there will I bet there will be a time where you can. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not right now, and it's not in the next couple of years. So we'll see. So you'll see. So do you have any other reading resolutions, or is that your big one? That's my only one, I think. Well, because write write a book is write a book is also my significant. Yeah, that's a pretty significant goal, and it's something I I have to get done by next May. Yeah, so you're writing a book this year. I'm writing a book this year. That's your other resolution. There's uh, no two ways about it. So we also last year set goals for each other, uh -huh. and we were reminiscing about this. And I know for a fact we set too many resolutions for each Definitely. other. Definitely. Um, because I think I t I think my resolution for you was to read a book outside your typical genre. Uh -huh. Um, but I think I was specific. I think I was, I think I said outside your ideology. Right. You wanted me to read like a quote unquote boys book. Yeah. Well, or hillbilly elegy. Sure. I think I even talked about like outside our political uh -huh. ideology. Um, and then I said read a YA. Uh -huh. So I think you did at least one of those. Maybe. I, I think I read a YA. Okay. There may be some listeners who disagree with me about the impossible fortress. Oh, right, right, right. But it is 100% YA. <laughs> Is it categorized as YA? No. No. <laughs> but you, but the char main it's, characters it's, are young adults. It's not just that they are young adults. Okay. Um, like, I, I do understand, as someone who studies literature, that just because the characters are young adults, <laughs> it's not a young adult novel. Right. However, here's the thing. Okay. Young adult, not a genre. Oh, it's, well, it's something that the publishing industry It's something that. that the publishing industry in the last 15 years has turned into a genre. Yeah. But it's not a real thing. Yeah. There's not, like... 
this book is okay for you, for your age group, because you are 12 and this is what 12-year-olds read. Right. Would I recommend The Impossible Fortress for a 12-year-old? No. But <laughs> absolutely not. 15, 16-year-old? Absolutely. Well, and that is such an interesting... Um, and it's, so it's, what do we mean when we say YA? Yeah. Are we saying this is for 12-year-olds? Right. Because I would even still call that middle reader. I would call 12-year-old middle reader. Right. And Don't so you think young adult is teen? Young adult is teens and early 20s, yeah. in my mind. Well, and I think, and we have a couple of avid listeners to the podcast who I know are avid readers of young adult lit. I The young adult lit I read, and again, maybe this is my prudish behavior coming through, is really for young 20s. Yeah. I don't really think... Like, some of it, I would not be able to hand-sell to a 14-year-old. Yeah. And my parents were not parents who strictly guarded right. my Mine reading. Um, but I still, as a bookseller, would not feel comfortable selling some young adult literature yeah. to a 14-year-old. Right, and especially so much YA... And this is the other thing. YA is so, so intensely marketed toward girls. Yes. Right? Um, and so YA as a fake genre has become this like teen romance. Yeah. And they're so raunchy sometimes. Yeah. Even like, I don't know. I was kind of shocked when I read um, The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, like, yeah. there's nothing raunchy in that book, but I was just shocked that there was a sex scene at oh, all yeah. in this book about kids with cancer. Oh, yeah. Um, and we read, I read Looking for Alaska, which is my favorite John Green book. Turtles All the Way Down is up there now, too. But. I read Looking for Alaska as an adult because John Green missed right. me as a teen. Yeah, no, like, me that too. didn't happen for me. Um, but I read Looking for Alaska. My friend and I both read it. And we would call it, we were in our mid 20s, and we would call each other and be like, uh, did that just happen? And I love Looking for Alaska. Yeah, I think these are good. But quotes. there is some, there is some intense content yeah. that I would not want my 13, 14 right. year old reading. And I don't think there's anything in The Impossible Fortress yeah. that is not in a John Green novel. Okay. And that's where I'm going to fall on that. Yeah. The intent is a little darker. Yes. Um, and that's maybe the, maybe difference, the difference. But that book, I'm so intrigued because we have had, I've had people report back that they hated it. And then I had somebody gosh, I can't remember who, but I think they listened to the podcast. They said that it was one of their favorite books they read this year. I loved and they it. read it thanks to you. And so that's why reading is so interesting yeah. to me. I also, I just need to quickly mention that yeah. somebody, I think they listened to this podcast, I don't remember. Anyway, somebody gave an Instagram review to The Essex Serpent, uh -huh. and they hated yeah. it. And so I was like, oh gosh, like, did I read that book wrong? But no, guys, some people, people hate books, tastes, and, and some okay. people love books, and it's fine. That's fine. Yeah, and so, because I thought, gosh, I, I'm sorry I recommended it, and I was like, no, no, no I'm no. not sorry I recommended it. It wasn't for that reader, and there are books that people have recommended to me right. that I have not enjoyed, Right. and it's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, what did I make you resolve? You, I know one of them, I, I thought it was two, um, because I thought one of my resolutions had to do with reading Alexander Hamilton um, by oh, Ron okay. Chernow. Maybe it was to read a, a history. I think it was to read a history. I didn't, unless you count American Fire as sure. history nonfiction. Um, the other one that you did was rec or resolve for me was to read more poetry. Right. I did not read an entire poetry collection. But I did, thanks to the best-selling antics of, please help me pronounce her name, Rupi Power yeah. is that how you pronounce her last name? Um, I am so pleasantly surprised by how well her collections do for us. They sell really I well I know for us, they yeah. sell well across the board. And I know people in the poetry world make fun of her. Right. For the Instagram poetry or whatever. No. Sure. 
Uh, yeah, um, but no. I, I don't know enough yeah. to have any opinion on that. I have an opinion, which is people don't buy poetry, and if it is helping people kind of yeah. dip their toe into the land of poetry, and then as a result they might find a perhaps more prolific yeah. poet. We than... sold, like, if if we're talking about our, our sales numbers, mm-hmm. I think we sold really two collections last year, and it was Rupi Cower's Milk and Honey mm-hmm. and Kava Akbar's Portrait of the Alcoholic. Yeah. Those are the only two books of poetry that we sold. And then the last part of the year, her new collection, uh-huh. and, The Sun and Her Flowers. And his new collection. Yeah. We sold a few of those. Yeah. Um, um, Mary Oliver. Oh, Mary Oliver, too. We did some of her. But that's, that book didn't come out until October, November. Right. Um, but anyway, my point being, thanks to some of those best-selling collections, yep. I read poems. Yep. I don't know that I can say I read poetry, but I read, read some poems. poems. Yeah. yeah, and I think that counts. Yeah. I so, will, I'll chalk that up as a win. So, I think by not having the goal to read 100 books in a year, I hope what that means is I'm going to be opening myself up to perhaps more genres, but even more than that, perhaps being able to gnaw and chew on the books I'm reading a little more. Does that make sense? Yep. Like, really relish them. Yep. I don't think I was able to relish books last year, and yeah. I missed yeah. that. I yeah. missed that. You didn't have time to No, sit. I didn't. And I and by the way, if, if a listener is a reader who does read 100, 200 books a year, great. more power to you, and, and you may be able to gnaw and think and chew on those more than I was able right. to. Um, so anyway, I'm really hopeful that perhaps I will read a little bit more poetry and a little bit more nonfiction this year because I'm not so focused on right. getting to 100 books. I did read a lot of comic books last year, and I'm going to count that. You should count that. That's reading. I would count. It is reading. <clears throat> These are really complex and well-told stories, and I don't want to discount those. And so yeah. maybe I'll include those in my <laughs> reading yeah. recaps this this year. Yeah, so those are our reading resolutions. Mm-hmm. They're, e- they're easy. They're what easy. I mean by easy is they're doable. They are doable. I think we can tackle this. I'm going to do one book a month. And I'm going to read four business books and track my reading more purposefully, less quantity. I like that. is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It is produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you are interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on this episode, you can do so at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel, and it's from their album, Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. And if you'd like to, like to support us on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content like our secret podcast on popular opinions where you can hear us this month talk about why we hate tracking our reading, um, you can check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also check out our own website at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for web-only content, a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. You know you're a bookstore in South Georgia when a customer comes in and says, hey, do you guys carry feed bags? 
<laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.